This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. And welcome back in. It is the Danny Mac Podcast, the week two wrap up show with two games left on the docket. And don't forget, for the Monday Night Football doubleheader. You get extra value this football season with Bet Rivers Squares. You can win up to $10,000 in bonus money. Bet 10 bucks in-game parlays in the same game with the Squares icon. Earn a square, win up to $10,000 in bonus money. Tampa 27, Chicago 17. And it wasn't really that close. It was a disastrous second quarter for the Bears offense, and the same can be said about the third quarter. This team is going nowhere fast, and it looks way worse than you would have expected it to look two weeks into the football season. You thought opening day against the Packers, all right, it's your first time out. You didn't spend much time with a cohesive group during the the spring the, the preseason games teams don't work that hard physically against each other. You don't really know what you've got up front, especially with injuries to Tevin Jenkins and others that have precluded them from getting in the lineup. And Nate Davis missed Sunday's game after the death of his brother. But there doesn't seem to be much of an identity with this Chicago offense, and it's got to stop. It's got to stop in Kansas City this week, and they have to get back to getting Justin Fields involved in running the football as much as you don't want to do it. You got no choice. That's who you are. That is what he does best. And yeah, he's got a long way to go as a passer, but you cannot take away what he does best and expect to be competitive. You can't expect to win these close games if Fields isn't giving you his best effort. And what he does better than anything is run with the hoochie. He had four carries Sunday for three yards and a touchdown. And there wasn't much of an effort to get the ball, to get the running game going without Fields being the man. Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson collectively had only 11 carries. And they weren't bad. They rushed for 67 yards in those 11 carries. But that's just not enough. They didn't possess the football enough yesterday. And it wasn't like they sucked on third down offensively. They were terrible getting off the field on third down. Tampa was eight for 15 on third down. Baker Mayfield was just terrific. Just terrific against the Bears secondary. A depleted secondary, actually. I I thought that Tampa, in in its want to become more of a ground-and-pound football team with a first-year offensive coordinator making that the focal point, missed an opportunity to attack the Bears deep when they had all kinds of injuries in the secondary. They they didn't have Gordon yesterday. He's missing. Kyler Gordon is out. And then Eddie Jackson leaves with a foot injury. 
Jaquan Brisker leaves after dropping an easy interception because he's ill, and he does return a little bit later on. But when you see that, if you're the opposing coach, you've got to recognize that and you've got to exploit it. And the Buccaneers didn't do that. And they still got a, a career day out of Mike Evans. Very good football player. Not as good as America thinks, but he was good yesterday. Six catches, 171 yards, and a touchdown. Mayfield on the day, pretty damn impressive. 26 out of 34 for 317. One touchdown. He was not sacked. The Bears have one sack in two weeks. They have no takeaways. Another game without taking away the football. Tampa laid it down twice. They got them both back. They didn't take the ball away from Green Bay. Yannick Ngakwe, who people were jumping up and down about when the Bears signed him late during training camp. And I, I, I remember, if you listen to the podcast, you might recall me saying, hang on here. You're not getting a guy who is a lock to get you double digits in sacks. In fact, I think it's a long shot if Ngakwe were to accrue 10 sacks this year. And so far, he's proving me right. He had Mayfield twice yesterday and let him off the hook on both occasions. You got to get the guy's ass on the ground. Mayfield's a pretty strong cat. And there are other guys who are not easy to bring down. Guys who are stronger than you might think. And they got another one coming up this weekend, Patrick Mahomes. And, uh, boy, I'll get to the Chiefs in a second because that's just a fascinating game to me to see the Bears going to Kansas City down 0-2 on the season. And uh, expectations of playoffs fading so very quickly. And soon the turn of the conversation is shifting toward having two picks in the top five. And that's not where you wanted to be before October. Man, oh man, whether you thought the Bears could win the division or not, you expected them to win one of those first two ball games, didn't you? It, was that too much to ask of this Chicago outfit to beat Jordan Love at home on opening day and, and maybe beat Baker Mayfield and Tampa on the road? The interception fields through near the uh, near the Bears goal line, the the pick six to Shaquille Barrett, is a terribly high risk play, and Eberflus defended it this morning. He was on the Bears flagship. He he's asking Bears fans to have his team's backs right now. That's what you can do for him, Bears fans. But he said he had the ability to to he always has the authority to audible he can change the play at the line there were members of the Buccaneers who said after the game they absolutely knew what was coming when they saw the formation they do that little inside screen to the running back it's a high risk play uh, fields in his career now what 26 starts has had throwing the ball in the middle of the field low has been a consistent problem for his now that's how that play is designed but he's had a lot of balls knocked down between the tackles, just not getting much elevation over those stretched arms of defenders. And that's not the case on this play yesterday. It's that little slip screen, that little sidearm screen that Herbert's not in a great position to make the play. Barrett makes the nice play and plows into the end zone, assisted by several Buccaneer teammates. And the orange-jerseyed Bears uh, get thumped 
uh, as it turns out, 27-17, much more indicative of how the game went because Tampa just kicked Chicago's ass all day. They had the ball 34 minutes, 35 minutes. <laughs> you cannot win when you're not on the field. And you 437 yards of offense for Tampa, a team that didn't run the ball well last year at all. And it's just, it's nightmarish to think that Fields is not is not able to get rid of the ball more quickly, that he's holding the ball more than four seconds. on, on some, Now, there were two of them where he didn't have a shot. Just absolutely terrible. Braxton Jones still in his three-point stance on, uh, on the early sack. I'm thinking, I don't remember which of the six it was, but... Uh, you got to get rid of the ball and you got to see you guys wide open. This all 22 is not uh, is not a friend of young struggling quarterbacks. And I'm going to watch it today and I'm going to get another look try to find out what where it's going wrong. Why is he locking in on one receiver and then maybe taking a look at a secondary receiver but there was the one shot yesterday. I think it was fourth quarter where D.J. Moore ran a short out route, and he is unguarded, unguarded, and Fields never looked his way. I want to see how many of those we can find. And, and you know, you wonder, if he doesn't have it now, in the middle of this, his well, it's not in the middle yet, but he is in his third year as the starter. Is that something that he he grows into, or is it something you either have or don't have? If you can't see the damn field, man, that that doesn't give you much of a chance, and I am so glad they were not giddy over the prospect of DJ Moore joining their receiving room, receivers room. Boy, they got a great receivers room now with DJ Moore. Uh, that they didn't extend fields. There's no reason to even have that on the table at this point. You don't know if this is ever going to get better. It, it you're you're getting more evidence that it's not going to get better than it will. He's still holding the ball way too long. He still doesn't see wide open players, wide open receivers. Now, the play I'm referencing to Moore would not have gone for a first down, but instead it takes them out of third and long. It at least gets them half of their yardage getting to the sticks. And maybe he breaks a tackle and does make the first down. He wasn't near the marker, but it's still a positive play. And Chase Claypool has got to go up and squeeze the hoochie like he wants it. The last interception that was thrown late in the game. The Bears probably are not going to pull that game out and win. But you got to attack the football with your hands. And he's a big, strong dude, Chase Claypool. Your hands have to be weapons. You have to play defender now and again. That ball easily could have been caught by Claypool. At the minimum, he doesn't let the defender take it. And that was the second pick of the day. Couple of picks, six sacks, bad caddying. Just another horseshit effort by the Bears. You expect more. You deserve more. They're the restaurant that continues to serve crappy food and have no tables available before 9 p.m. on Friday and Saturday nights. It's just a disaster. Why they can't look like they did on that first series when they did make more a focal point. 
He was targeted seven times on the day, caught six passes for 104 yards. Claypool was targeted eight times, caught three of them for 36 yards. Cole Komet had six targets, caught all six balls for 38 yards. But uh, it was... It was nothing what you would have expected after that first drive, why they couldn't continue to deploy that sort of attack and why they are continuing to harness Justin Fields and what he does best makes absolutely no damn sense to me. And as far as the lack of pressures on the quarterback, I warned John Ngakwe, there was a reason he's been all over the league these last few years. And when people were excited over the signings of Tremaine Edmonds, and TJ Edwards, I I reminded them they are very similar players. They have been to Roquan Smith, who is a tackles machine, but doesn't make huge splash plays. He doesn't get many takeaways. He doesn't force fumbles. He doesn't accrue interceptions. He doesn't sack the quarterback. You're getting essentially the same guy, but you're getting two of them for the price Roquan Smith was demanding, and I thought it was right that they traded Roquan Smith. That was the right thing to do. But the excitement over his replacements, if you will, was something I didn't understand because they still don't have a guy on that defensive front seven who scares anybody. They don't have a pass rusher. That's problematic in this here NFL if you don't have a guy who gets after the quarterback. It's going to be a long day for him if they can't chase Patrick Mahomes around a little bit this coming Sunday. The Chiefs are 12.5-point favorites over the Bears this coming Sunday at Arrowhead Stadium. 12.5-point favorites, and it is difficult for me to not say, go ahead and lay the points. Let me spin you around the NFL. Week two thoughts in a preview for tonight's doubleheader on Monday Night Football. I'm Dan McNeil, and you're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you've not done so already. You can do it anywhere you get your podcast, and tell a friend. The Macker isn't done sharing his deep sports thoughts with you. You can find me twice a week. Typically on Monday late mornings, we drop and then again later in the week on Thursday. I'm Dan McNeil, and I am not finished saying things about stuff. The Kansas City win in Jacksonville was not a work of art, but you don't care about that when you're trying to win another championship, and it's certainly a doable proposition for Andy Reid's Chiefs, no matter how bad they might have looked opening night against Detroit and still almost won that game without their best offensive threat, uh, Travis Kelsey, and without their best pass rusher, Chris Jones. You go on the road and you play Jacksonville. The Jaguars are playing their home opener. They were a division champion a year ago. They are expected to win the AFC South this year. Any way you come out of there with a win, you take it and you say thank you and you move ahead. The Chiefs had turnovers in the first half. They were giving the ball away. They had 12 or 13 penalties on the day. They didn't play real smart football offensively. They made a lot of mistakes against the Jaguars, but they played well enough to keep Trevor Lawrence with just field goals on the day and they wind up winning the game and uh, and covering the number. So, not a doubt in my mind they would have survived had they not come out of that thing with a win, but I, I don't care how unimpressive it might have been. 
if you're, you know, upset because your Chiefs on your fantasy team aren't producing for you, and I think Andy Reid gives a shit right now or ever did, nor should he, because his team went on the road and won against a good football team. The Jaguars are indeed a decent football team. Let's go around the league. No bounce back for the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are 0-2, both losses against AFC North opponents. Baltimore beat them 27-24 yesterday along the banks of the Ohio River. The Bengals remain my pick to win that division. There is not a doubt in my mind they have the most talent in the division, and they will find a way to win it. I, I trust Joe Burrow, who took accountability for the way they've played these first two weeks after the game. Bengals are going to be fine. I'm not worried about the Bengals. A bounce back for the New York Giants, who looked like they were about ready to get blown out of the building for the second straight week after they were just terrible against the Giants in their opener, losing 40 to nothing. And they come right back out, and the Arizona Cardinals are putting up points on them, and the Chiefs wind up having to rally, but they did it. A 21-point deficit erased. Brian Dable's Giants scored all 31 of their points in the second half, and they beat Arizona 31-28. to Game ball to Daniel Jones. He was terrific. 250 passing yards in the second half alone. Uh, he took good care of the football. He was valuable as a runner. So a nice dual threat, and Saquon Barkley gets hurt late in the game. It looks bad for Barkley. Uh, what are the Giants going to be without him? Probably not real good because as much as Daniel Jones has come around, they need a running game to help him out, not just Daniel Jones. They've got to have a guy like Barkley who is playing under the franchise tag. And, you know, when he slammed his helmet down in disgust late yesterday afternoon, you had to feel for him. Um, I know I do because I believe running backs are oppressed athletes. And yes, I'm using the word very carefully there. A bounce back for the Seattle Seahawks. I called this one. What uh, what do they say about a blind a blind squirrel? It's right twice a day, <laughs> or a broken clock finds a nut. Uh, I, I love it when people screw those uh, those cliches up. I, I heard it on Purdue Boilers Boilermaker Radio last week. <laughs> a broken clock finds a nut twice a day. It does. The Seahawks elude the 0-2 start with an impressive win against the Lions. Both quarterbacks, Geno Smith of the Seahawks, Jared Goff of the Lions, were terrific. A 37-31 overtime shootout win for the Seahawks. Uh, very funny, the, uh, the referee, Alex Kemp, when uh, he was – on the microphone, making an announcement, Geno Smith wanted to have a conversation with him, and Alex Kemp just kind of brushes, uses his arm to fend him off a little bit, and he says, excuse me, I'm talking to America right now. Good stuff uh, from Alex Kemp, veteran zebra. Seahawks are, uh, are going to be okay. I didn't think they were as bad as they looked in their opening day loss to the Rams. I thought they would, they would hang tough. Uh, and again, the, the Chiefs, uh, with their win in Jacksonville, evening up at one and one. Seahawks, even at one and one. Same with the Giants. And I'm not worried about the Bengals. I think the Bengals would be just fine. The Buffalo Bills were impressive defensively in their win against the Vegas Raiders yesterday. They took the NFL's all defending rushing champ 
and made him look like a hamburger squad back. Josh Jacobs had nothing going yesterday for the Raiders. Buffalo thumped them convincingly, uh, and it was largely because of the play of their defense. It wasn't just, you know, even though they put a lot of points on the board, Buffalo was led by a, a really, really good defense yesterday. The Dallas Cowboys look to be for real, don't they? What a convincing win, 30-10 to 10 over the Jets. And I don't expect the, be, the Jets to be a great football team offensively with punch me face. Um, Zach Wilson as their quarterback, that, that's, that's a tough, uh, that's a significant departure from where they could have been with Aaron Rodgers, but I expect their defense to play better than it did yesterday. They didn't play very well. This Jets defense is supposed to be full of ass kickers. Dak Prescott kind of had time to peruse the field and do what he wants. And uh, they had enough uh, enough of a, you know, running game from Tony Pollard. They didn't give him the football a ton, but they had enough from him to have a balanced attack, and they are convincing 30-10 to 10 winners. The Cowboys' defense has given up 10 points in two games. Those wins coming over the Giants and Jets. Dallas clean against the Big Apple this year. And uh, scoring points, not giving them up, looking like the class of the division, unless you're going to jump on board the Washington Commanders bandwagon with me yesterday after their exciting win over the Denver Broncos. Uh, it looked like it was uh, the Broncos were going to blow the doors off of the uh, Washington football team, but uh, <laughs> Washington came back. Brian Robinson, the running back, a big part of the reason why. Sam Howell is not a pretty quarterback, but he's he's pretty tough. And he was effective enough to push the – I almost called him the Redskins – push the commanders uh, to 500 with their win. So congratulations to my guy Ron Rivera and uh, the commanders for evening up their record. The Packers yesterday – and the only reason I want to mention this is because it points to the idiocy of an argument that was on Good Morning Football a while back on which quarterback, Jordan Love of the Packers or Justin Fields of the Bears, has the most pressure on him this year. I think it's an asinine argument because I think it's an easy answer. It's Justin Fields. And did, did you expect the Packers to go on the road and beat Atlanta yesterday? Maybe you did. They, they came up short. Jordan Love was just fine. And Jalen Reed, his rookie wide receiver, is enjoying life in a Packers uniform. He had a couple of touchdown catches yesterday. Love threw three of them on the day. They didn't have enough to beat Atlanta. But again, where's your expectation? Yeah, he's following one of the greats who's ever played, one of the all-time greats in Aaron Rodgers. To me, that doesn't make the expectations on him what Bears fans expect from Justin Fields. They're not at the same par. You're expecting Fields in year three to take huge steps this year. There is way more pressure on him. And if you hear talk radio today, and I've caught just a little bit of it so far, or if you go on social media and find out what fans are saying about their football team, Bears fans, what they're saying is they're about ready to be done with number one. So how in the world could you have said three or four weeks ago, there's more pressure on love? They're going to give him the benefit of a year, at least. You don't expect a guy in his first year at the helm 
to rival what Aaron Rodgers did. You'd have to be an idiot to, to expect that. The pressure is on fields. It's not on love. Just stunning to me there could be somebody trying to represent the other side of that argument. And as that as the season continues to evolve, I will continue to examine the dynamic because I think it's pretty fascinating and it's pretty pretty much of a slam dunk. The pressure is on Justin Fields. Monday night football, a couple of them for us tonight. The Saints are three-point favorites at Carolina. That's the first game. An hour later, they will kick in Pittsburgh, where uh, the hosts are uh, are slight dogs there as well. The Steelers are giving two to the Browns. Um, these numbers I, I checked at Bet Rivers, my Bet Rivers app, just about an hour ago. They are, of course, subject to change based on where the money goes. Bears fans certainly hoping the Saints can cover that three against Carolina because the Bears have the Panthers' first round pick this coming season, and it should be a good pick. It should be a top five pick. It might even be the number one, unless the Bears earn that themselves again this year. They've lost 12 straight now heading into this game against the Chiefs. Did you know the New Orleans Saints are the second-best road team in the NFL over the last five seasons? I was surprised when I read this earlier today. Saints, a very good road team. I think 29-12, and something like that. Since uh, since 2018, very very impressive for uh, for the Saints. Hopefully they can uh, do Bears fans do the Bears a favor and uh, and win that game against the Panthers. Keep the Panthers in check. Keep them wondering, did we do the right thing? Do we have the right head coach and Frank Reich? What do I think of the Browns in Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. I didn't think the Steelers played as badly as everybody said they did on opening week. I think they caught the 49ers on a day when everything was going San Francisco's way. And Pittsburgh just didn't, they didn't tackle well. They weren't very physical. They didn't have much going in in terms of a semblance of a running game on opening day. I expect them to be better in that capacity tonight. I do think Cleveland wins the game. I think Cleveland will cover the two. In fact, uh, I'm inclined. If I play tonight, I will play both road favorites. I know that's a recipe for disaster typically, and I'm doing a good job taking points uh, this year. I took points yesterday with the Commanders. Uh, I gave out the Seahawks on my terrestrial show Friday as one of my best three plays of the week. I had Kansas City as well, so I went 3-0 and on my best moves, and uh, I, I, I barely invested yesterday. Uh, that's That's how it usually works, right? I got more aggressive than I should have been on opening weekend. I'm not too proud to admit that. I got caught up in opening day mania, and uh, and I pissed away a nickel last week, so I kept my money in my pocket because I listened to Mikey McDermott from Rounders when he taught me you can't lose what you don't put in the middle. So I didn't put much. I didn't put anything in the middle yesterday. I'll have to change that tonight and bet road favorites. <laughs> Going back to the to the Mackey mode of all these years, Danny Chalk. If you will, I want to thank Adam Delavid, who is the coordinator of all we do at the Bet Rivers Podcast Network, and my executive producer, Sam Michael, for a job well done as always. Randy Merkin, uh, for everything he does as a coordinating producer. Thanks, Troy Mocker and Alex Pastor. Thank you for what you do as well. I'll be back on Thursday, if not sooner, with much more on the greatest game ever invented football, the Shield in week two. 
They punctuate it tonight with a double dip. Have a great start to your week. Back in a few days with more NFL on the Danny Mac podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.